0: Say this with me: The preacher has a good word for me today and in weeks to come. We've been on a we started a series, and I, I'm entitling it the Latter End Series. And uh, what I want you to see is that that God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. And uh, we'll go through some of these things. We're going to take our time. And if I don't get through it all today, we'll pick up where we left off. But I said too many Christians are bound by an earthly perspective instead of an eternal perspective, our latter end perspective. They live day by day. And and that's not good. If you're a born-again child of God, you have a spiritual destiny to fulfill. Therefore, as a believer, you and I must have a strong sense of purpose for our life and an understanding of God's prophetic word concerning our latter end. Apostle Mike said this. I read this this week in in one of his books, and I wrote it down because it's fitting. He says this. You must understand the big picture in everything you do. Say, I must understand... The big picture in everything I do. See, most Christians, most born-again believers live day by day. They don't have a vision for their life. I'm glad the two of you are here today together to hear what I have to say. Because you haven't seen the big picture yet. But there's a bigger picture. each had an individual life. Now you're coming together in a week. You'll be married. Now is your last chance. You can pack up the truck and head to Alaska, or or you can stay in six days. How many hours? How many minutes? But there's a big picture because God has a plan for the life, for your life together. He wants to use you as a husband and wife together. And maybe we'll not be in, in in a setting like this in ministry, but I'll clue you, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So think of the big picture. When times are tough, that's what what happens is things get tough, circumstances get difficult. People forget to remember the big picture. Amen? So we're going to learn what does God's word say about your latter end. And number two, what should be the believer's mindset and spiritual responsibility in considering his latter end. Now look at Ezra chapter 6 again. Ezra, Nehemiah, Ruth. Ezra chapter 6. And we talked about this last week, but it's important that you understand the significance of the prophetic word, the significance of prophecy. How many have had a prophecy spoken over your life? Well, sometimes you've got to dust it off and go back and begin to speak it and meditate upon it again. Ezra chapter six and verse fourteen. Here in rebuilding the, the temple, it says, So the elders of the Jews built Ezra six, fourteen. I know it's hard to find those Bibles uh, that you don't read. Ezra, how many when's the last time you read Ezra? Last week, good. Thank you. So the elders of the Jews built, and they prospered. Everyone say prospered. Why did they prosper? Through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. So why did they prosper? Because the the prophetic word went forth. And that's what you've got to understand. Israel's project of rebuilding the temple... Was possible because of the prophetic word. Any kingdom business God calls you and I to do, to build, lay a foundation, and finish in this life, will be accomplished by His prophetic word. Now, (laughs) I get this out a lot because I talked with Hank not long ago, Pastor Hank, who's, who's prophetic, has a prophetic gift. He's a prophet. And so I read this the other night in prayer, and, and you need to go back and, and say this, And because I told him on the phone, I said, "Well, you know what you said prophetically this year for the church?" And he goes, "What I say?" And I reminded him of this, and he, he knew. He says, God says, I'm lifting my voice to speak and my voice will be heard. This is just part of it. The earth that is mine will yield my harvest and it will obey. So will the leaders and rulers of man. I will calm my people and show the earth that I, the Lord, am in control. Now listen. Let it be known that those who decree, speak, and look for my goodness will live swimming in my rivers of blessings and increase. Swimming. In blessings. That's pretty good, isn't it? How many of you want to swim in blessings? Well, the prophet said it, so what do you do? That's the prophetic word. So declare and decree over your life and your family that you're going to swim in the blessings of God, that in your latter end you're going to ex- experience increase. Now, we said in, in Luke twenty-two thirty-seven, you don't need to the, turn there, but Jesus Christ said this, He said, the things concerning me have an end. The message Bible or uh, the living Bible says, yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Jesus Christ knew who he was, what his mission in life was. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He was focused and resolute in fulfilling every prophecy written concerning his life and ministry. He knew he was the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. See, you need to know who you are. Oh, I'm just, I'm just a Christian. No, you need to understand God has a specific call and a purpose and a plan for your life. And if you lose track of that, you begin to wander away, and you're distracted. And it's sometimes you've got to focus, come back to what God has said about you, and and meditate on that. Now, look at Job chapter eight. Job chapter eight. This is a this is a wonderful message for Caleb and Kaylee, and I hope you remember it because. I know you'll be back, but this is fitting because you're going to be married here in, in next week. And this is a good message. In Job chapter eight, what has God promised you and I concerning our latter end? Job eight verse seven says this: "Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly." Everyone say the best is yet to come. Yeah, we all go through trials and tests and persecution and circumstances of adversity in this life, but ultimately you need to see the big picture. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. And no, it's not just financial blessings. We're blessed in spiritual... We're seated in heavenly places in Christ. We're blessed with spiritual blessings too. The Bible, another translation says, Your start may seem to you quite small and insignificant, but very soon now and very suddenly you will be propelled by the Lord into a larger and greater sphere of influence. Your start may seem to you quite small and an insignificant, but very soon and very suddenly you will be propelled by the Lord into a larger and greater sphere of influence. This verse promises as a productive, fruitful, and expanding future, no matter how humble your beginning was. You know, you said, Elena's eyes, did they get big when she won her bike? You know, the fathers did too. You know how much joy the father had when his kids get blessed? Little or old, our father wants to bless us. Now, look at Zechariah. Zechariah, right before Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, look at Zechariah. We didn't have time to go into this last week, but we will today. Because I don't want you to to grow weary in well-doing. I do not want you or I to despise, despise the day of small beginnings. Zechariah 4, and I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm going to read 10 verses here. It says, Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? And so I said, I'm looking, and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right end of the bowl and the other at the left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. And he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, you all know it, nor by power, but by what? My spirit, says the Lord of hosts, Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain? And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of what? grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple and his hands shall also finish it. Did you, do you see that? God says, is this prophetic now? God is telling him, you started it, you're going to finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you for who has despised the day of small things? See, it's real, real easy sometimes when God tells us to do something, we get overwhelmed. How many have ever been overwhelmed by something God asked you to do? And we figure in in this little brain, pea brain of ours, how we're going to do it, and you might as well forget it. The only way you and I are going to accomplish the will of God on this earth and advance the kingdom of God and do the things that he's called us to do is by his grace. And if he's called us to do that, and I'll never forget, I don't know how many times when I got out of Bible school and moved to Norfolk, Nebraska, it was like going from heaven to hell. You live in an environment of the word and you're sheltered and it's a wonderful thing and you get outside of that and back into the world, it was difficult, it was hard. And I don't know how many times I, I had somebody come to me and speak a prophetic word and what that word basically said was, don't doubt what God's called you to do. He sent you to Norfolk because many times, Kathy and I, because of the adversity and the hard times that we had, You almost think, did I miss it? But we didn't. And so we had to hold on to the prophetic word, and it got to the point, it finally stuck in my spirit that I was called here. That my wife and I were called here. But it took some time because the old devil just perches on your shoulder and he speaks words of doubt. Amen? And we can't yield to that. So this is what the governor here, Zerubbabel, he was dealing with this. And, it, you know, when you look at rebuilding a temple, it could be overwhelming. And he could begin to say, well, how can I accomplish? How can the nation of Israel do this? And that's when, that's when God, by his angels, sent, to him, sent the angel to speak to him and give him a prophetic word and explain to him that he couldn't do it. He didn't have to do it. But God's grace was sufficient to accomplish everything he was called to do. So don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you you can't do something. You can't be blessed. Your kids can't be blessed. You can't have a business. You can't have a better job. You can't have more money in your storehouse. He's a liar. And recognize that. Where those lies come, because he's the father of all lies. So small things. Now look at Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And I thought maybe Brad was going to preach my message today. Matthew 25. You know this this scripture. I'm just going to read the the one scripture, and these are the words of Jesus. This is where the the parable of the talents. And in verse 21, it says, His Lord said, said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over what? A few things small insignificant things maybe to you but I will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of the Lord so what I'm saying to you you must and I must be faithful and I got news for you I got a news flash from heaven your timetable and my timetable is not God's timetable And if you don't understand that, you're going to become discouraged and you're going to yield to defeat and you're going to quit. His timetable and our timetable. There's things that have been spoken over my wife and I many, many years ago. We haven't seen come to pass. But what I'm saying is if you're faithful, if you stick and stay, it will pay. But too many believers want to quit. They whine and moan because this hasn't happened and that hasn't happened and they haven't seen the blessings of God. I watched a movie the other night. Micah said it was good and so I I figured it was called 13 Hours about Benghazi. It's It's a wonderful movie. Yeah, the language, but soldiers, they do that. True story. And we got done, and and, and I was ready for a lecture from my wife because she gets excited about these things and gets upset because of the politicians and all the junk that goes on. But in that movie, there were a few men that wouldn't quit the battle. And I watched movies like that, and it brings me to tears that there are men and women of God out there serving this nation have been trained, know what they're doing, and they won't quit. The best line in the movie was one of the the head soldiers looked at the the bureau chief there, CIA, says, you're not in control anymore. I'm taking over. I'm calling the shots. You can't quit. I said you can't quit. If you quit now, you're not going to experience your latter-end blessings. And, yeah, there's going to be days that are going to be hard and difficult, and you need to remember that in your marriage because everything now is. It isn't always going to be that way. Look at us, your mom and dad's marriage, her folks' marriage. hasn't always been easy, but we're still together. We didn't quit. There are times we wanted to but we didn't quit because we saw the bigger picture. We have to think of other people. See, people that, you know, want to throw in the towel all the time in their marriage and want to quit is they don't see the big picture. And they're consumed by their own selfish, petty desires. It ain't going to be easy living with him. It ain't going to be easy living with her. but you love each other. You haven't really got a big revelation yet, but you're going to get it of agape love because agape love is won't quit. Won't quit. Now you can look at him and say, I love you. There's a danger. What happens is in Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right, for in due time and at the appointed season we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So you will reap, you'll be blessed, you'll experience the latter in blessings, but you can't quit, you can't faint. In my Bible, I just read from Zechariah 4, in the margin of my Bible, it says this, and this is is so good. Let me read it to you. It says, The greatest displays of God's power are not necessarily shows of force, mighty acts, or creative splendor. Rather, the supremacy of God's power is seen in the ways he accomplishes his purposes through mere vessels of clay made mighty because he has infused them with his life. This text, That I just read you addresses a worn and weary Zerubbabel who having gallantly laid the temple's foundation was about to succumb to discouragement. But the word of God makes a declaration that by the spirit of God Zerubbabel's hands will complete the work God has destined for him. Discouragement can always be answered with God's ability of grace to empower the human soul. So when you get discouraged, what should you shout? What is grace? How many times I've been walking that floor over there in the the south building when dealing with adverse circumstances and situations, and what I do is I face this building and I speak grace. If you don't know what you're doing with your career, speak grace to it. You don't. Like what you see in your kids, speak grace to it. That's a good time to say amen. You're having trouble with your marriage, speak grace to it. Trouble with your health, speak grace to it. Because you're allowing God's grace to empower you. Instead of trying to figure out how to do it yourself. Discouragement can always be answered with God's ability to grace and empower the human soul. His might is seen by what he does. Now listen, through weak, the insignificant, the powerless, a babe born in a stable in Bethlehem, a timid Gideon, a melancholy Jeremiah, and a band of 12 ordinary men. Rest in this assurance as long as the heart is turned toward him in childlike trust. He will enable anyone to complete the work to which he's called them. Anybody got adversity in your life right now? Let me see your hands. Any circumstances, any problems, any situations? Caleb's going, yeah, I'm getting married next week. No. What do you do? You speak grace. I watch a movie like that. I like talking to Timothy Scott because he was a soldier. He understands. He was trained. He did things. And I watch men like that that give their life and sacrifice so much. It empowers me. To It, it inspires me to finish what God has called me to do and not quit and give up. you got to fight. The battle is not yours, says the Lord. Who's the battle? It belongs to him. Find Job chapter 42. I'm almost done. God has latter end blessings for us, but we we can't despise a day of small beginnings. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't allow discouragement to bring defeat to you. Find Job chapter 42, and you find that. I want to read to you a verse connecting this to Job 42. and James 5.11, now we're talking about letter N, what? B? blessings now listen to what james chapter 5 i'll just read it to you and then we'll look at job 42 james 5 says indeed we count them blessed to endure <laughs> we count them blessed to what endure. we count them blessed to endure and basically endure means staying power or hanging in their power you got to hang in there say i need to hang in there We count them blessed to hang in there. If you're going through rough circumstances, you need to be encouraged. They'll soon pass. It's really important that you and I don't fixate on the problem itself, get our eyes on the problem, talk the problem, talk the circumstances, and say getting our eyes on God and begin to declare God's grace. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that God's love, here we have this word again, endures all things. Caleb and Kaylee, say this with me. God's love, do it with some passion. Don't give me that look, girl. God's love endures all things. It hangs in there, okay? Okay. It stands its ground. It doesn't throw in the towel. The flesh will always say, I quit. I'm done. God's love says, I'm committed to stay with you and work it out, regardless of the cost or the time involved. Now, Job 42. Let's end with this scripture. Job chapter 42. Though your beginning was small, in Job it says, your latter end will what? Increase abundantly. So what I want you to do, especially some of you older folks, start expecting the latter end blessings. Some of you younger folks, be faithful in the small things so when your day comes you will be blessed. But if if you give up, allow discouragement, defeat to take over, you're going to miss it. Job chapter 42, verse 10, it says, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Isn't that interesting? Had to make a heart, tweak his heart. Indeed, the Lord gave Job how much? Twice as much as he had before. Is that a latter end blessing? Yes. And then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who'd been his acquaintances before came to him. They'll always come to you when you're blessed. (laughs) <laughs> that letter in blessing will attract other people and you better to use discernment in who you bless because he'll try to use you and rob you of your blessing. They came to him and ate food with him in his house and they consoled him and comforted him, comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. I don't think the Lord brought it all upon Job. Those things that He feared the most came upon him. It says, each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now listen to verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the what? Latter days of Job more than his beginning. Oh, I like this. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. That in today's time is equivalent to $1,580,000. Would you call that blessed? I would. I hope you got a clue. I was going to say some of you don't have a clue. I'm believing you got a clue that your God wants to bless you. So start acting like it. Start talking that way. Expect a latter-end blessing for everything and be faithful in the small matters. Let's stand on our feet this morning.